Okay, welcome everyone. This call will be on the Peace On podcast on the Peace Alliance website. We are on the April 3rd Wednesday call for the uh, uh, National Department of Peacebuilding campaign. So welcome everyone on the call. Um, Laura, if you don't mind, I'm going to make you co-host. So maybe you can uh, watch for new people coming on as I'm going through our introduction. We have a slightly different introduction than usual. Um, uh, the Peace Alliance has begun some uh, community agreements uh, for all the calls happening within the Peace Alliance. So I'm going to drop those into the chat and read them to you. Um, and I just want to say this isn't really all that different than how we've been operating all along trying to create a culture of peace together now why am i not finding my chat there we go uh, um but we're we're doing this with some certain language here and we'll we'll see uh take kind of a quick poll let's see did that all come out yes um and see if people are in agreement once we get through them and we can talk about them a little bit more right afterwards or if everybody is uh, reasonably comfortable, we can reserve some time after the call concludes to talk at a little bit more depth if you just have some questions or want to discuss part of it. So the Peace Alliance holds the intention, as we do in our gatherings, to create a space that is welcome to all for listening, learning, open conversation and engagement. To that end, we ask that everyone be real, engaged and curious, be fully present to listen, Create space for learning, honor all points of view, acknowledge discomfort, and allow room for healing. And usually that means if there's some discomfort that we don't just move on quickly. We will do our best to address microaggressions and marginalizing language. To that end, we ask that everyone pre present act with empathy, compassion, and a desire for connection, which we always do. And then we thank you for being here with us and participating in this way. Um, someone shared some information, some wordage about, oh, I didn't hit the return, so you didn't see the agreements yet. Apologize for that. Um, about microaggressions that people might enjoy reading, so I'm putting that in there too. So um, you've got three choices. Um, let us know with a thumbs up if you're in agreement with everything enough comfortable enough to continue thumbs down if you are not in agreement with something all or part of it or sideways thumb uh, if you're not sure have a question or something like that so let's see where people are with the community agreement what's the agreement oh i just read them beth would you like me to read them again oh, i just yeah i just got on i'm sorry okay the Peace Alliance holds the intention in our gatherings to create a space that is welcome to all for listening, learning, open conversation and engagement. To that end, we ask that everyone be real, engaged and curious, be fully present to listen, create space for learning, honor all points of view, acknowledge discomfort and allow room for healing. We will do our best to address microaggressions and marginalizing language. To that end, we ask that everyone present act with empathy, compassion, and a desire for connection. And we thank you for being here with us and participating in this way. So um, let's see if we have agreement on the agreements. And every answer is fine. Thumbs up. Nancy yeah. screen. <laughs> sure with that. Nancy. Um, maybe by voice. Beth, are you good? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nancy? Uh, maybe. Maybe. And Jana? <laughs> I, Sue, I didn't see if you held your hand up yet. Okay. All right. And we'll come back to you, Nancy. Jana? If maybe is acceptable. I'll say maybe. Okay. Um, Nancy, do you want to say more about your maybe? Um, and again, I just also want to say for everybody here, not just during this, but any part of the call, if anybody wants to discuss something that they aren't comfortable having on the recording that's going to be on the website, you can ask us to pause the recording before you begin. Okay, so that's always an option for everybody. Go ahead, Nancy, sorry. Oh, I don't want to say much, but um, I do have a 
concerns about uh, addressing microaggressions and marginalizing language, um, and if that might bring up sort of a policing mentality or not. Um, that's it. All right. Thanks, Nancy. And we've to get discussed that, but you're comfortable with proceeding for now. You just want to make that clear that. Well, you said I had to do a yes or no, or maybe so. Yes, okay, there we go. <laughs> Jana, what about your maybe? Would you like to say more? Oh, I'm okay. Just proceed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. All right. So let me go over the agenda kind of briefly, and then we will do a connection exercise and get on with all of the wealth of stuff that we have to cover tonight. All right, we have uh, the legislation advocacy and May DC, uh, DC lobby days to talk about, advocacy days and uh, including Mother's Day coming up. Um, talking to Congress and possible themes will be the discussion that Kendra will lead for us. And then the other events uh, or offerings and a closing quote. So we'll start out. Does anyone want to lead us in the connection exercise? Nancy kind of uh, pointed toward Laura, so I was not giving her an easy. I'll do it. You want to do it? <laughs> okay, go okay. ahead. Everybody just uh, get comfortable, set up straight, um, put your feet on the floor or cross-legged, whatever you're comfortable with. And just close your eyes, uh, roll your shoulders maybe a little bit, back of your neck, just let go of the tension of the day, be aware of your body so that you can be fully present to the meeting today. And now just focus on your breath and take a couple of deep breaths in, breathing in through the nose and out through the heart. Breathing in through the nose and out through the heart. Breathing in through the nose and out through your heart. And now just focus on your heart, uh, the light and radiance of your heart, the joy of existence. And just imagine all of us gathering together hand in hand focused on positive meeting and positive intention for bringing more peace into our world. And when you're ready, just open your eyes and we can begin. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Nancy, I think you are next up, am I correct? Yes, yes. So just an overview of uh, where we're at with um, co-sponsors and uh, our different actions that we take every year. Um, so the first thing this year was uh, getting new co-sponsors for the bill that was introduced and that um, we actually helped write. Our second action after that, we called the Season for Nonviolence Plus, where we tried to get on um, some more co-sponsors and pretty much almost everybody on this call um, helped with both of those. And um, we had several Zoom meetings with members of Congress during Season for Nonviolence. And we did get a few new co-sponsors on, so we now have 31. Our most recent one was uh, AOC, which was a big deal. And it only took, oh, maybe 10, 12 <laughs> emails and calls and things like that by, um, by Amina. So um, we're learning it takes a lot of persistence and um, just appreciate that uh, everybody is, has their own lists. And I encourage everybody to keep following up with your lists because that's, that's what it takes. Um, we're right now getting ready for um, spring advocacy days in uh, not very long, what, three weeks, two weeks, three weeks? Yeah. In May. And um, we've been busy contacting members of Congress to schedule meetings. And um, we have a list. We have five meetings uh, confirmed so far. We have um, 40 other potential ones in the works. 
Um, we'll do drop-by visits for those who decide they don't want to meet with us and uh, for some others that we've been in contact with during, during the season for nonviolence. Or um, we'll drop by our current co-sponsors with a thank you. So, so we have around 100 that we're actively uh, working on getting and um, we're possibly doing an action uh, before that where we'll contact even more members of Congress. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. And any of you who wanna join, um, we'd love to have you there for advocacy days. Did you just put a form in for that? Yes. yes. Karen, Karen just put a flyer in and uh, there's a link to sign up for that. It'd be great to have you with us. And um, oh, I'll just mention also if you can't join us, but do you want to be on the list um, for amplifying our voices? You could also fill out the form that's at that flyer um, so that we have you on a, a short list of making phone calls, uh, supporting the meetings that we're having in DC. And you right. can, some of the calls you'll be able to join by Zoom, not all, but some. So if you'd want to yes. be loop on all things advocacy days and participate where you can, um, you can sign up at that link as well. Yeah, so just uh, quickly, we have a meeting with in Barbara Lee's office, uh, Deborah Ross from North Carolina, Valerie Fouché, I think is how you say it, North Carolina, um, Ted Liu from California, and Mark Molinaro from New York. So this is where we're at so far. So that's it. I'll turn it over to you, Karen. Okay. So Nancy, I think it's, I just wanted to say that it's incredible what we're all doing. It's amazing. And thanks to you for organizing it and keeping us all focused. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is a team effort. And uh, it, it is actually amazing how many people we've contacted. And, um, you know, we've we've offered those who really don't want a meeting to just go ahead and co-sponsor first, and we won't bother them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to go about it. <laughs> Any incentive yeah. will do. You know, what can we say? <laughs> Is there a schedule yet for the, like, the times and the days? Um, so we will be on the Hill May 8th, 9th, and 10th, and... Um, I do have a sort of a running schedule that I've been sending to those who are, and I can include you in too, um, those who are making, making scheduling meetings. Um, so right now we have one on Monday, three on Tuesday, and one on Wednesday so far. And if you would like me to send that, that would be great. I can do that. That's We'll we'll send once we get closer. We'll send a more of a final thing to you know to a wider audience. And then not all of them are going to be virtual though. That's what you know. What I really was wanting to know. Yeah. So far, um, so far, actually, only one of them has wanted a Zoom component to it. But who knows? I mean, you know, we have a short. We have a lot more people to contact. So or to get confirmation of. What day is that one? <laughs> it's just, uh, the confirmed uh, Zoom. Okay, that's on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and that's with Ted Liu's office from California. He's a former co-sponsor, so hopefully this won't be hard, but <laughs> we've already contacted him, you know, 10 times. And so it has already been hard, but. Deborah Ross said she would, Welcome a Zoom component. Oh, she she got back to you. Okay, yep. so we have two. So that would be that uh, same day, Tuesday at ten thirty. So yes to Zoom for Deborah Ross. That's the day that we. May. That's May ninth. May ninth. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And for those who aren't as well versed with advocacy, we'll have trainings beforehand. Uh, we have the first one over Zoom on April 29th. Um, and 
So that will be a live call. If you look at our Season for Nonviolence flyer that was in our reminder email and is up on our website under our annual uh, actions and uh, programs, uh, there are recorded calls that are linked on that flyer um, for scheduling a meeting and for setting up a meeting, how to chair a meeting, et cetera, the resources that we usually use. But we do like always having a live call for people to ask questions live. Uh, and uh, we can do one-on-one, -on -one, you know, whatever people are comfortable with. We want people to get geared up. And when we're in D.C., we'll have, <clears throat> and that depends, we'll see who shows up. It's all about who shows up and what's needed. So we, we address everything that needs to be done. Um, uh, uh, around 6 p.m. on Sunday night, we'll get together for dinner and and training. We have a conference room reserved the whole time we're there so we can go in and out of there as needed. Uh, and sometimes people come for one, two, or all three days. So far, everyone we've heard from, I think, is coming all three days. So we may not need a 9 a.m. training, or we may do that. We'll just see how it goes after Sunday night if everybody's feeling comfortable, if we just get together in the lobby. Uh, be in cab out together. Uh, we'll play it by ear and and make sure everybody's comfortable. Uh, I think there was something else I was going to say about that. Yeah, so that's what the training. Oh, African American Museum. We've got a pass for ten people at ten forty five a.m. on Sunday for anybody who wants to uh, go and see the museum. And I think the first time that we went, you know, obviously before the pandemic, but a couple of years, I think it was the first year that it was open to the public. Uh, it was hard to get tickets, but it looks like you can still go online and get your own tickets as well. So we all have to be together at 1045, not before, um, to enter. Um, so if somebody's late, um, they would need to get their own ticket. So you can get them in advance or you can get them at the door if they're available. Um, so it might not be as big of a hardship to do that as it was when we went before. Any questions about anything? And I'm, I'm noticing that I didn't do the check-ins like we usually do at the beginning of the call. So it feels funny to be here without having heard everybody's voice. So Could I just say one thing real quick before check-ins? I yeah. just wanted to let Ina and Ann know that we're going to do drop-bys for the folks on your list. So we will, if if Andy Kim hasn't signed on, well, even if he does, we'll do a <laughs> drop-by. And Ina, we're, I know you're planning some calls in um, possibly in June, but we thought a friendly kind of, oh, guess what? We're, we're around, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we'll go to some of the, the Colorado guys too. So maybe we go around it. Does anybody else have questions about advocacy days or thoughts that they'd like to share about that? Yeah. I just want to say that amplifying is really important too. Making calls and sending emails is, is it shows the member of Congress and their staff that we have wide participation on the country. And I love, and sometimes when we arrive uh, for a meeting, people will say they've already had a couple of calls and that makes a difference. Please see if you would like to amplify our voices. Yeah, and ask family and friends and neighbors to do so as well. Good point, Kendra. Yeah, it, they anything we can do to cause us them to remember us more is is in our favor in getting another co-sponsor on the bill. So yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. We do have a usual suspect who's going to call them all. Um, Kendra, our friend Maggie, is already planning to call all of them. <laughs> so. That's a good thing. Yeah. He's calling all of the representatives? All the ones that were that are on our list. Oh, okay. Our meeting, our, our meeting, meeting our potential meeting list. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering now that we're going into the discussion. Um, do we want to do check-ins or go right into the discussion and see maybe everybody will offer something in that? Um, 
Anybody have anything burning they want to express at this point or say hello? All right. I just want to welcome Sue. I don't think you've been on one of our calls before, have you? We, we can't hear you, Sue. Yeah, it's, I could tell your volume is on, but it's very low. You're going to put something in the chat? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's sounding better now. Trying. Let us know where you're from, too. That, it's always nice to know that. Yeah. Okay, Kendra, do you want to start with the uh, discussion? Okay. So um, I have two things that I want to discuss. Um, we originally said that we would have a discussion about um, what we might say in our meetings and in our phone calls to um, bring it home to our members of Congress. And yet we have Mother's Day coming up and Maybe you all know this, but I didn't know it before I joined the Peace Alliance that Julia Ward Howe, um, who participated in the nursing of soldiers in, in the Civil War, and she wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic. She was uh, dedicated to never having, losing, having the loss of our our boys in the war again. And so she asked for, in the name of womanhood and humanity, I asked, I earnestly asked that a general Congress of women without limit of nationality may be appointed and held at some place deemed most convenient and at the earliest period consistent with the objects to promote the alliance of the different nationalities and the amicable settlement of international disputes. I just thought that was great. Um, and to hear that um, the original call for a Women's Peace Day for mothers was originally from Julia Ward Howe, and then became a, a, a greeting card um, thing to honor our mothers. And that's fine too, but I just like the fact that that had a deeper meaning in the original call for women to uh, promote peace together around the world. So I'm wondering how we can combine this discussion of what we can say to our members of Congress and how we can make it meaningful personally what we say. That the personal stories have the most impact with our members of Congress. They often comment on that, that they are moved by what people say. And so I guess I'm asking you to either tell us um, something about your own mother or something about their attitudes toward war and peace or about what you personally would like to have your Congress member hear that would meaning, be meaningful to you and to them. So that's a wide range of things I'm asking. Kendra, maybe it's like, what would your mother want you to say to your member of Congress? <laughs> that could be. Hmm. 
So take a moment. Oh, Nancy, Sue Hord has asked you to read something for her. Oh, okay. I think everybody can see it in the chat. Um, she said, I'm almost a mute, so my vocal cords don't work often and my voice is not very loud. I have set a headphone and mic. Um, I have those that I usually use, but forgot tonight. I'm from Seattle, uh, Redmond originally, but moved to Eastern Washington to get away from the city and people so I could be heard better. I previously was part of the Peace Alliance, but have not been active for a few years because I was a caregiver to my mother until she passed away. And I have now, um, and I now want to be involved again. And that's really timely. We'll, we can remember your mother too, that we're talking about mothers. Thank yeah. you, Sue. Yeah, thank you, Sue. Yeah, again, we can, we can hear that you're talking, but we can't make out your words. It's so. <laughs> we can hear the doggy. <laughs> She's going to write, type it. Thank you, Sue. I, I really appreciate your making the effort to let us all know what you're thinking. Oh my goodness. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Your mother was a peace activist as well. Wow. Thank you. Anybody else want to say what their mother would say? Or what is meaningful to, to want to convey to the members of Congress. Yeah, thanks, Kendra. I, what came to mind as you were speaking is I think the shorthand version that I tend to remember about that is that uh, the day was formed so that no mother would lose a child to war again. Um, and I think every mother can relate to that. Every parent can relate to not wanting to lose a child. And so we have um, uh, gun violence in the United States, drug addiction that has gone crazy as well. I know a couple of people that have lost children to heroin overdoses that were, you know, this is happening in regular suburban areas. It's not just in, you know, the depths of cities and so forth. Um, that uh, um, that we can all relate to that, even if it's not our own child. We don't like hearing children dying, um, and and certainly it's a life-altering event when you are uh, a parent and lose a child for any reason. So I just kind of relate to that, and a lot of what we're advocating for is related to reduction of violence, um, and. Uh, um, yeah, just really honoring Mother's Day. We're going to be there right before that when we usually contact the local offices for Peace Once a Piece of the Pie Day. Um, but um, yeah, maybe we can think of something creative to doing around pie. Uh, we can't bring them into the buildings we learned years ago, um, but uh, we'll have to see. But we can go down to the cafeteria and bring them back up. <laughs> <laughs> That. I know we could have them delivered by a certain place, but they were twenty-five bucks a piece. Yeah, Liz, you were you had your hand up, I think, huh? Yeah, a couple of ideas came up for me. One, both about my mother. You know, most of you have heard me tell my story. Now, my dad was a civil rights activist, but my mom was an emergency room nurse in Manhattan. Um, and for a long time, I picked I channeled my father's energy this is probably what I would say right that idea of the vision uh for the beloved community but lately I've really been feeling my mom's energy because the emergency room is about triage the emergency room is about what's up right now and what needs to be taken care of now right it's not like the bakery where you take a number and for me it really is the urgent thing is really addressing gun violence right that's just it's just what's emergent and so I would speak to kind of that emergency uh thing that was taught 
And I think what I would also do, and I want to let you know, I'm back to doing in-person um, workshops. So I can't, I have things scheduled, so I can't be there. But right before I got on this call, I got a message from my letter of my member of Congress because I had sent him some things through the Peace Alliance website. And he said, I did get these messages for you from a, another source. If you'd like to arrange a time to meet with me in person. So, <laughs> so I'm going to meet with him. And I'll set that up uh, for that week, you know, so I'll be with you in spirit. I met him. He's a brand new member of Congress. Um, yes. But I would also say to him, are there things that I could do that were, uh, that were important to your mother that maybe I could work on for making reality in our community together. I might like that, ask that as a connecting question. Are there things uh, that were important to his mother that we could maybe partner on to talk about what could, what kind of legacy we could create together? Liz, who is your, remind me who your member of Congress is. Dito, he's new. And uh, um, say again, Anthony D'Esposito. Oh, okay. Yeah. On Long Island, yeah. I'll let you know when that meeting gets set up. I don't know if I can set it for those days, but I'll, I'll do my best to get it as close to those days as possible. I'll request those days. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, of course. That's a great idea, Liz, to ask and then make a connection through your ask um, with the member of Congress asking what you, how you can partner with him to honor his, his legacy with his mother. Mm -hmm. I think my mothers would, would both say, keep on keeping on. Um, they accomplished so much in their lives and um, they did it through persistence. As Nancy mentioned earlier, you just have to keep persistent. And even after we get the Department of Peace Bill, Peace Building passed, we need to keep persistent. Anybody else have a comment? I just wanted to welcome uh, Geraldine. Oh, good. Uh, so, sorry to be late. Work. Amina? Yes, I, I, um, thank you, Kendra. Um, uh, for me, also, peace, as you all know, and I've said um, a few times before, is very personal. Um, you all know about my story as well. Um, I grew up in a in a in an active war zone as a child, and um, my mom to this day mentions this and and deals with the trauma of it. And to, obviously, as a child, I I live with the trauma of that uh, going to school every day, not knowing if a rocket was going to hit our school. Uh, and that was a regular occurrence um, where rockets would just fly in the city and it would just hit whatever target. Um, and it was often civilian targets. And um, my best friend, in fact, um, their uh, their house was hit and, and, and their backyard, um, her little brother, who was kind of a little brother to me as well, because we kind of grew up together. And to see the agony um, that his mom, his mom went through, um, it just stays with me, you know, that, that, that uh, it's just every time I remember that, that's, that's, those are the stories, those are the moments that pushes me to be, you know, as Nancy was saying, as persistent as I am, every three days, I would follow up with my congressperson and just meditate on it and just give my full heart into what I do, uh, is, you know, that, that, that growing up um, and seeing my mother, seeing my best friend's mom going through what they did, uh, just pushes me every day. And and like Liz mentioned, to Liz's point just today, that all the school shootings that we've had, we've had close to 20 now, just this year, just since January of this year, we had 20 mass shootings at a university or a school in the U.S. And it's just mind boggling to to have that in, in a country, in a country that's not in an active war zone, but, you know, it appears that way. And so as a mother, it just concerns me for my kids. And the future we're leaving for them. So um, it just um, all of that is what motivates me to personally to to push forward and, and advocate for peace. For me I might want to add: we've had more mass shootings than we have had uh, days this year in total. Right. We want to look at the total picture of the of 
the gun violence. That's true. That's true. And I was just referring only to the school shootings, yeah. but you're absolutely right. In total, it's it's way more than that, which is uh, frightening. You're saying, um, you know, going to school not knowing if it would be hit by a bomb just echoes so much the words uh, you you know that I've worked with kids in San Diego and we've gotten hundreds of letters from them about a Department of Peace building mm -hmm. and one of the big themes was I don't know when I go to school which desk I'll have to hide under when a mass shooter comes into my classroom right it just it it's all war <laughs> it's all war I know violence. absolutely I agree. I agree. And and just these drills that they have, and, and that's a new thing that every few months there's a, there's a drill, we get an email. And every time I get that email, it just breaks my heart that, you know, our kids in America have to go through this. Um, every few months they have to go through this drill. And you, you got to realize that it just puts, puts, adds some anxiety to their day to day or around that drill time. They imagine if this could really happen. So it's really sad. Yeah. That's why I just don't understand how we can, how our nation can live with this all the time and there not be the political will to do something about it. I just can't understand that because it's about the lack of the political will. I mean, I know it's about, you know, Democrats and Republicans and stuff, but beyond that, like as human beings, <laughs> it's about the will to have politics that are sane. <laughs> right. It has energized the young folks in terms of getting uh, into participation, in terms of electing our new officials, because they are fed up with uh, the public officials that were elected to protect them, not doing so. So it really has energized the younger folks in terms of uh, prior not wanting anything to do uh, with what's going on to really activating them. And one of the good pieces of news in California, we have legislation on the books to lower the voting age uh, from 18 to 17. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Geraldine. I actually, when I totally agree with you on that, I uh, went to a GSA, which is a civic uh, organization. Um, uh, it's all student run for high school kids and my son runs the club for his school. So I we had a convention this past weekend. Uh, I was there both days. And um, like you said, there was a lot of debates, topics on, on this gun violence and um, seeing how concerned these kids are. I'd say yeah. um, the environment and gun violence were the top two hot topics that I'm these kids were really, really yeah, involved in um, discussing. And so it's, yeah, I think the Gen Z, all the, all the younger kids are really, and they were all, they would love a lower voting age and they're eager to vote. In fact, they hold, um, they have um, voting reg voter registration um, campaigns at their schools and they get kids who are seniors and juniors registered. So it's kind of cool to see that in the younger generation. It really, really gives you hope. Oh, I think so. Yeah, and I, I, it's I particularly so. saddening to me that uh, when kids go to school, that now we have to have shooting drills. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. yeah. when, when I was a kid, it was yeah. learning how to hide underneath your be your desk <laughs> in terms of a bomb threat. Uh, but this is now uh, a super reality uh, in terms of uh, what we're dealing with if currently. Right. Beth, did you want to say something more? Oh no, I'm just agreeing. You know, I'm I'm very much on their damn side. Okay. Anybody else that we haven't heard from, Janet? Yeah, I'd like to uh, talk about uh, one million Tibetan children that are um, being sent to boarding schools, Chinese boarding schools. So there's cultural genocide in Tibet. They're being removed from their families at age uh, as young as four. Um, all the way through to age, I think, 16, and uh, being sent to Chinese boarding schools, and that's a condition for education, so that there's no education for Tibetan children in Tibetan language and their culture, in their 
um, and their culture and losing their language, losing their ability to read Tibetan, losing their ability to communicate with their families and to be with their families and to grow up with their warm, loving families. So there's a petition, I'm gonna share that. And then we have a similar problem here in the United States. Uh, there are um, currently um, hearings also, um, I'm not sure whether, um, I think there's a Senate hearing, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this week um, <clears throat> regarding the um, child protection services harming black and brown primarily families. They've been doing it to indigenous families for forever in this country and um, putting the children in foster care and denying them also their culture and languages, but also in the cities, black and brown children are being denied their families and being put in foster care and more likely to be drugged and more likely uh, to uh, end up in the jails afterwards and so forth. So that's a problem. And this is an article from Human Rights Watch about that problem. If I wasn't poor, I wouldn't be unfit. Family separation crisis in the US, with child welfare. So there's the, uh, the, the violence of killing, but there's also the violence of losing children who are not dead from their living parents and living children. So I'll share that. Thank you, Jenna. Yeah. And Karen, could you remind people how they can save the chat or click on the links? Yeah, you can do one of two things. Click on the links now and it'll open in your browser and then you could go and read more after the call concludes. But also down at the very bottom of the chat, down to the left, um, there's three dots. So you can um, select those three dots that say more. And then at the top, it says save chat. So you can save all those links and, and information. Um, and you can click on that now and then just to take a note to click on it at the end of the call to get uh, it'll just save it once and update um, with anything new that might be in there. Thank you. Yeah, the, Jenna, thank you for bringing that into our awareness. I, it just reminds me of what we did to the Native Americans here in the United States so many years ago and what we've learned from that and that it's happening again now is is very disturbing. Yeah. It wasn't even that many years ago. It was one generation ago that it ended sort of ended yeah same thing with hawaii people of hawaii mm -hmm. um i would say about my mom she was a she was a social justice activist and um she also she also i'm from a family of four children and she supported all of our causes <laughs> which were many and um she spent as uh, she she went to Guatemala and Nicaragua and El Salvador when things were very um, warlike there. And so and she knew domestic violence firsthand. And I would say what she would say um, is what's taking so long. You know, get on with it. Why why are we not doing more to end this violence? Money. Yes. Sorry <laughs> to say. Yes. Dina, did you want to add to our discussion? I'm always on my phone, so so uh, it's it's a tiny screen here. Um, well, to contribute to the conversation about mothers and Mother's Day, I'm not a mother. Um, so I, ha I haven't had that, you know, close contact and experience with like kids in schools doing the drills, but it does break my heart. Um, there's a thing on June 5th happening on the states of the Capitol, um, called here for the children. And it's to be a really big event. People are flying in for it. And I'm wondering maybe I don't know, maybe I should have some signage or something, <laughs> a table. And it's supposed to be very mellow. It's no bullhorns. It's not a, you know, it's not even um, 
like a protest or anything, but it's just women coming together. It's called Here for the Children. Everybody can, um, anybody can join. And it's like yoga mats and lawn chairs, that kind of an environment. So I'm wondering, should I like maybe set up a table or something and um, try to, yeah, Here for the Children. Um, thank you, Jana. Um, and try to, you know, just sort of, um, oh, it's happening in G DC as well on June 5th. You were talking about Denver, right? Yeah, this is in Denver. Oh, I misunderstood. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, so I'll be going to that. Um, and so it'll be a lot of women standing for, um, for the children and this particular issue with the gun violence. Um, one thing that I did just want to speak to, and it isn't so much motherhood, and it was something that came to my, my I mean, it came to my attention, it was very shocking for me, was the thing with the Dalai Lama and the child, um, and everyone wanting to suddenly just, you know, okay, great, thank you, Nancy. Um, everyone suddenly just wanting to jump against the Dalai Lama, and there's actually a really nice video um, on YouTube sort of explaining culturally. And it just, when Jana, when you brought up the Tibetan children, it reminded me of that situation and really understanding culturally what was happening because I needed to understand what was happening between the Dalai Lama and this child. It kind of alarmed me. I was like, no, not another, you know, but um, that video does explain culturally how older children are or like, um, like grandparents and um, older adults, like, joke with children and the whole the, there's a whole cultural dynamic that we completely uh in the west have missed with that whole thing so i guess i just wanted to bring it up i i can share the link if any of you are interested in in understanding that but he does such great work obviously for the sake of peace and it seems that because of that scenario happening and or unfolding the way that it did it was just like a lost in translation moment um it's suddenly like there's this big attack on one of the greatest peace <laughs> builders in the world right now. So um, I guess I just wanted to, to speak to that. It, it, when Jana brought up the Tibetan children, it just reminded me of that. Um, and yeah, Nancy, it wasn't that long ago uh, that, you know, not only children were being taken from their families, but, you know, wombs were being taken from women. Um, that's just an historic point. Uh, but my aunt actually had her womb taken by the United States government, actually. Uh, she's a native woman uh, who lives in South Dakota. Um, so, you know, there's, I mean, I, 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 how, do, how do you even address that? <laughs> that's like, that's just the, on the subject of healing, really, uh, nationally. Um, but my concerns every single day really seem to reside lately aside from everything with Ukraine is that partisan divide issue and seeing the, these children like Ralph Yarrell who just went up to somebody's door and rung the wrong doorbell and was shot you know and thank god he didn't die but that really concerns me and it almost seems as though there's uh, like um a preparation for civil war or something happening with the republic you know with the GOP and you know this thing with the guns and they're prepping for something and they want to hang on to their guns and um and they're you know using them <laughs> and you know having target practice with you know a girl driving up into onto somebody's property it's almost as though they're primed and ready so i think we have to realize that there is a, an active force right now within this partisan divide that is really amplifying this gun violence situation. It's something that is so on, just a below the surface and everywhere, just like popping out, like exploding forth in these instances, whether it's police violence, you know, or police brutality. Um, but what really is concerning is the civilian, you know, actions lately of people taking the law in their own hands and and being judge, jury, jury, and executioner on their front doorstep. Yeah. Um, so that's thanks for asking. That's all I have to share. Jana had her hand raised. 
Uh, I appreciate you, you know, bringing up the, the, well, everything that you brought up but regarding um, the issue with His Holiness. Uh, if you go to my Twitter and just use any link, that link that I shared, I have uh, been tweeting it for days. So my, in my pinned tweet, you'll find that video. And in this particular link, you'll find part two to that video. And the part two is also very excellent. I assume that you're talking about Jigjag, Jigme Ugen's video, the Tibetan. So, yeah, you, thank you for sharing. Were you talking to me, Jana, re regarding which video? I'm not sure. I mean, there were many videos, but I, <laughs> so, so I, I'm, I'm kind of guessing that you're talking about uh, Jigme Ugen, Jigjag, the Tibetan fellow who is explaining about the cultural practices. Oh, no, I hadn't watched that one. I was talking just about Teal Swan. She's sort of, um, uh, I don't know, she's like a therapist, like psycho. Well, I, I don't, some people say she's a spiritual guide, sort of guide, but um, fairly popular person, Teal Swan. That was the video I was talking about. I can share it in an email. Sorry, since I'm on my phone, I can't really jump onto my computer. Okay, great. Anyway, I have also here, if you click on the link and also connected to this one, and there's a lot of, I have a lot on my Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, you'll be able to at least open the pin tweet and this one. I can share the pin tweet. And yeah. We'd appreciate your sharing whatever you can can in the chat. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, and I think I've seen some of Teal Swan's videos where she's a lot about relationship, which actually does kind of tie into the political divide. Um, yeah, it is disheartening. It's, you know, and I, and I don't know how to shift this culture, but to me it's, um, people are still able to be elected based on how bad the other candidate is. Um, and, you know, that's, I was hoping for a little bit more of a shift after the, the Florida teenagers were so active for so long and connecting with other, you know, in Chicago with other youth about the gun violence and, uh, and there was a little bit of a shift. I think there were at least a couple of people who weren't reelected because of their um, A with the American Rifle Association instead of an F. Um, but it 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 didn't grow, and um, or it hasn't grown much. So a big part of it is, and yeah, definitely, Geraldine. There's always money involved with um, with these things, but somehow we the people have to change our criteria for who gets elected. And that's when we'll start seeing that, you know, you know peace building minds will get more elected more than not. Amina, did you have something about that? I was just agreeing with you. Absolutely. I think you, I, I totally agree with you. I think that like Gerilyn, you mentioned, it has to do with money, just follow the money. And that's where it kind of the trail ends. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, as long as there's money in politics, that's probably, we're gonna continue to see this. And the thing is that there's a lot of money that's spent to create this culture of, of gun um, basically in this, in this country. So this, the, there's a culture of gun that needs to change. Um, and, as, uh, and there's a lot of money and investment goes into that uh, to create that, that demand. And that's the same thing behind wars and our foreign policies impacted by by all of this. So it ends up being, unfortunately, that the few powerful people with a lot of money get to control the narrative. And like you said, if people, you know, on a, you know, the, the more you can educate public is the biggest public service you could do is to inform people to kind of snap out of this, you know. This, this, you know, spell that almost is on a lot of people not just realizing or waking up. Yeah, you almost feel like just shaking people to wake up. Yeah, so many. That you're being hurt by, you're hurting yourself by the way you vote or the way you, uh, you know, express your political beliefs. It's hurting you and your children, but it's just, 
amazing. Yeah. So many people feel powerless or have turned away because it, it often is almost like a Jerry Springer show in politics with what people are doing to get elected. And it's unfortunate that the lies and the so forth, what was once very honorable thing to, to step up to do for your community and your, and your fellow citizens has, has, it's become something else, I guess. I, and that's all I'll say about it <laughs> um, so often. But there there are a lot of good people getting into politics. So I see that locally. And um, yeah, so they're just like how we see the conversations changing over the years about the Department of Peace. Um, it, it's, it's, it's slow change. And I know a lot of us would like it to be faster, but there are good people getting involved and working for the good of the people and the good of the planet. And, and so it's happening and we just have to keep encouraging that. And so much of that is getting involved, you know, uh, where I had a young person really thank me for being a welcoming presence for him in, in a political party where, uh, traditional people in the party aren't quite so welcoming. It is like a, a boys club, uh, even with the women, they, they behave in the same way uh, in the political parties and uh, they don't welcome newcomers very much. They're very suspect of them. So some turn around and go away and uh, we all need to welcome people in all the ways that we work uh, toward a culture of peace to help that. I'm just gonna drop something else in the chat about this um the king before i forget and then uh kendra i'll let you wrap up the session that we have partial scholarships some of the people on this call have already um are already signed up for the king center training for nonviolence 365 that uh um we're participating with in the Peace Alliance. We've sent an email out. The Peace Alliance has sent an email out where there are um, partial scholarships available to an unlimited number of people before April 27th, and we're having a call that night. Um, Kendra, do you want to say anything more about this subject before we go to our closing quote? Well, I just wanted to say for Beth, who's on the yeah. that next Tuesday's call which would normally be a Tuesday call, will be on Thursday that Carrie right. was talking about. Yeah, the 27th. It'll be the same call-in number. Um, I think it would have been last Tuesday normally. Okay. And it, and it will actually be next Thursday at the same time. Same call-in number for the Peace Alliance second, Thursday, second Tuesday calls. So in honor of Coretta Scott King's birthday on the 27th, um, we're having a, the monthly Peace Builder call then and, and talking about the having a couple of people from the King Center on the call and talking about that um, online self-guided, self-paced course. And for, to wrap up this discussion, I think everything we mentioned had to do with mothers and children. Everything was bound up with the children and um, our mother's legacy and hopes. So, yeah. Thank you, Kendra. Nancy has our closing quote. Well, as Kendra said, Mother's Day is really a call for a day of peace. And of course, we want to extend that to a culture of peace. And um, I think Mother's Day is, is for all mothers and all people who have mothers. So everybody should just get on board already. <laughs> um, so I, I think one of the things... Um, one of the things that reminds me of my mom is this quote that I just I just recently heard that joy is an act of resistance. And um, we talked about a lot of down things, but we can do something about it. So that's where I'm leaving it. And we have a short video. We are the Resistance Revival Chorus. Ain't gonna let nobody Turn me around, turn me around, turn me around, they're gonna let injustice turn 
marching up to freedom lane. Marching up to freedom land. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy, for that. Again, we'll stay on a little later if anybody wants to stay on and discuss uh, the community agreements or anything else, but we're going to close off the recording now. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a good evening, everyone.